Welcome to the 167 Podcast, a podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Our goal is to help you live into the 167 hours of your week away from church. And now your host, Shannon Patterson. Well, hey, Porch Community, and welcome to episode 53 of the 167 Podcast. I am Shannon Patterson, the lead pastor here at the Porch Community Church with my friend, media pastor Joshua Harrell. Hello, Joshua. Hey, Shannon. How's it going? It's going great. How about you? Are you joyful? I I mean, kind (laughs) of. I'm not unhappy. It's just not like I'm... You should be joyful. Yeah. You should should find joy in the Lord. Well, my preacher did preach about that Sunday. Preacher. That's a term that it's always, I always go, I'm a preacher. I mean, yeah. I am, but it's like a weird word, like to me, like pastor, preacher. I don't which, know. Which do you prefer? Pastor. Just, pastor. but I mean, I'm not like offended by preacher. Just, yeah. yeah. And I know it's also like, um, uh, culturally, like that's kind of a term a lot of people yeah. use. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, joy. Joy. Yeah. I asked you if you're joyful because we're in Advent and this is the theme of joy this past week. I've so. got joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. <laughs> uh, I, there was a. I learned part of that song in um, in uh, Romanian, and it was like oh, I can't remember it now. But I know it's like, oh, shoot, I can't remember. I, I'm not even gonna try to sing it. To me, that song was always like counterproductive of what it actually wanted you to do, because like it talks about being <laughs> way down deep in your heart, like. Like in the depths. Like in the depths of your heart. Not not like bursting out out from your heart. Like, let's bury it way down, 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 down. <laughs> Just keep it. Keep down, <laughs> you know. But, you know, me and Evan were talking, uh, speaking of outdated songs, I feel like. Not necessarily outdated, but using old language. Me and Evan were talking about how it feels like most Christmas hymns are written in like King James Version. Yes, English. yes. And if you actually, you actually have to think about what, the words actually mean because now you just say them like the word we were singing one sunday and it said pining and it was like evan when was the last time you used the word pining in everyday conversation he goes i don't know but i'm gonna try to do it tomorrow with my wife (laughs) hey that's giving a little bit too much information (laughs) pining but pining is a good i love that word i think it's a good word it's one of those words you want to hang on to kind of like wooing when you woo. so so evan could woo his wife shelly because he's pining for her so. or he could try and like super glue pine straw on her and he's turning her he's pining. <laughs> what are you doing i'm pining <laughs> like turning her into a well, it's like tree. Kristen has sent me a text the last two days and she's like i want queso so i'm like okay so she's pining for queso <laughs> yeah like you need to get but some it, queso, it, girl. it's just it's just funny like if you really Think about what you're singing. Uh-huh. You know, a lot of the words don't make sense in today's context because you don't use them anymore. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's kind of like the King James Version of the Bible. Have Like, have you read that lately? It makes no sense if you um, don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I think if you've read, if, if, if anyone's like kind of a literature geek. Mm-hmm. Because I then, know a lot of those. Then you might then they might not find it so incredibly strange, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, li- like I, I like to read Dickens and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, I'm not like a, that's not the version I use. It's not the one yeah. I, you know, teach from, preach from. And 
And it's not the end all be all, even though there were some that might say, you know, "Oh, I remember." Like, oh, Jesus didn't speak in King James English. I remember no. it was a big deal when the church I grew up in switched to the New King James. What? Yeah, <laughs> that's when you need we need like a siren, like a whoop whoop, yeah. like on the show. Um, because yeah, that's a big deal. But yeah, I mean that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about joy. We're talking about joy. I've been sitting here this whole time. I might sound distracted. I was really looking for the Romanian version of joy, 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 joy down in my heart. And all I remember was down in my heart is like inima, and it sounds like enema, and that's not cool. So it's like, <laughs> and then it's like unde, which is where. In any ma unde, in any ma unde. So, anyway. Whoops. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's all I got there. But yeah, joy is the theme today. And talking about joy, I loved because we had our Christmas impact. Yep. And so people returned the backpacks that they picked up over the last couple of weeks. Actually, in the first week because they all went really quick. Yep. Um, Ninety-one kids we sponsored this year for Christmas Impact to help make Christmas possible for them, for their families. And one of the things I pointed out Sunday morning was, you know what? Ninety-one kids, but they've got you know parents and siblings and you know maybe extended family. And when you think about it, it wasn't just ninety-one people that we impacted, but it could be three hundred, four hundred, five hundred people mm-hmm. that were impacted by the church. Yep. Responding and saying, "Hey, we love you," and um, you know, "Merry Christmas." Mm-hmm. Jesus is real. We put a really cool, um, <clears throat> you know, card in each backpack um, after we got them all back. That was in English and Spanish, and just you know, said, "This is why we do this as the church, and this is who Jesus is, and we love you, and we invite you to come and if you want to be a part of." Christmas celebration and all going forward. So, so thank you, Porch Community, for sharing joy, that kind of joy. Like, that's a tangible joy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a real, real thing. And not only did we do the backpacks on Sunday, but I loved having the baptisms of the four different people. Was that on purpose or did <clears throat> it just line up? It totally lined up. Just like, hey, okay, cool. Let's yep. do it. <laughs> yeah, but it was just, it was awesome. And every baptism is special, mm-hmm. without a doubt. Um but, you know, when you see young people, because these were all younger people, yep. I think the oldest person was in seventh grade, mm-hmm. and then the other three were in elementary school, second grade, fourth grade, and fifth grade, I believe. Um, and they all are you have made decisions for Jesus, and they wanted to be baptized. It was just really, really cool. So, Kian and Gibson and Evan and Alyssa, we're your church. We love you, and we support you, and we be with you on this journey of faith, but... Just really joy was the theme. It's mm-hmm. and it's the theme of Advent and um and it expresses that joy for, for Christ who came as a child, as a baby, but also will return again as as mm-hmm. you know, king. So um yeah. So and also let me say this, um kind of joyful. I don't know. I wish I could remember what the shirt said, but our, our friend Don Lockhart came into church on Sunday with a really cool Christmassy t shirt. I was like, Hey, I like it. And he was like he said something like, yeah, well, you know, I figured since the podcast that you talked about. So I was like, all right, you're getting a shout out. You're getting a shout out. So so he is famous for more than his chicken tenders he used to sling from Zacadoos. So Nice. That's right. That's right. Uh, we had a porch volunteer Christmas party this past week. Uh, also mm-hmm. joyful. Yes. Yeah. So good we times. We say that because it's happening in a couple hours because <laughs> we're recording right now. No, we just you just broke. You just broke the... Kayfabe, if we're wrestlers. What's that called? Kayfabe. I don't know what that means. It's like the illusion of the story. Oh. Of like... Re- say the word? Kayfabe. 
K, as in the letter K? K-A-Y. Okay. F-A-B-E. K-Fabe. Is yep. that made up word? I assume so. It's okay. wrestling. Oh, um, well, <laughs> no, it's real. <laughs> it's totally real. But when you break character or when you <clears throat> um, do something that goes against the storyline that you're yeah. producing. So like, yeah, we had this party, but it's actually tonight. Mm-hmm. So we're recording on Tuesday morning. Mm-hmm. It's tonight. So I broke kayfabe by saying that. Wow. Why this matters, I don't know. Because... I'm sorry to steal your joy, everyone, because because Josh started talking about professional wrestling, and I apologize because I know that's a joy stealer for most of us. So I'm just kidding. There's got to be at least one person that's listening to this that likes pro wrestling. Yeah, I mean, Kristen. Does she? <laughs> no. <laughs> but Justin is a big time. No, he's not either. <laughs> no, he likes the early stuff. Yeah. Fun fact like about Flair. fun fact about my family though. Oh yeah. Kara's brother was a semi-professional wrestler. Really? Like, like no, like the chairs and stuff. But he just never made it big time. But like he was in a promotion that traveled around and all that good stuff. He probably has a bad back and bad knees now. He does. <laughs> <laughs> too many chairs to the back. Too many. Too chairs many. To the back. Too many horrible metal folding church chairs that have been to the back. Yes. <laughs> Oh, man. I always thought it was funny that it was like the church chairs. I mean, I, I say the church chair, but, but yeah, but it is. I mean, it was the same brown chairs. They're that they still had all church. over the chair. They're still at all over churches all over the yeah, place. Yeah. So you know, but speaking of our volunteer Christmas party, um, <laughs> <laughs> we should break some chairs over. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I love getting together with everybody and just celebrating. Um, and and it's really cool when we get together for these kinds of things because. Um, you know, we all have kind of our, not kind of, we all have our responsibilities on Sunday morning and things we need oh, to yeah. take care of and do, but it's just cool to get together and see a multitude of people. I mean, mm-hmm. not everyone could come, but, you know, there's going to be 60 or so people there, and that's yeah. not including everybody. Mm-hmm. And just to look around and go, wow, all these people help make Sunday morning happen. Mm-hmm. And um, and just an opportunity to, you know, share a dinner and say thanks and, and, and all that. So I, I really look forward to this every single yeah. year. And, Definitely, and I enjoy it because it is actually time to talk to my team and not because and on, not be like, hey, turn that switch and do that thing. And yeah, because on Sundays it like I I cut up more than anyone else in the tech booth because I feel like I try to lower the stress level of everything that we're doing because we don't want to make mistakes that causes people to be distracted from worship. So you don't want to steal their joy, exactly. <laughs> so stress level is pretty high. So I goof around with them a lot, but, mm-hmm. but they're very like into their job. So they really are, and so it's. It's a great time to actually get to talk to them about other th- things going on in their life and what what they got going on with Christmas and meet more of their family that I haven't gotten to meet and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good. Well, um, so I thought we would, you know, I don't know if this is a gear shift at all. I think it might be just totally like what we've been doing. But um, I know with this season and Christmas, and it's really so busy, but I really... We've been, our Sunday messages have been so focused on Advent and keeping the focus on that. Um, but the reality is, I mean, even for you know, for those who are listening to the podcast right now, driving around, doing whatever you're doing, is that there's just a lot going on. And we get mm-hmm. that. We understand that. So, you know, last week we talked about the the history of Santa Claus and, and where the uh, Nicholas and, and where uh, that came from. And so I thought we'd kind of continue in that little a uh, little bit lighter you know f- yeah let's do it. so so we mentioned last week briefly uh, just about our favorite christmas movies mm-hmm. and so or christmas movies in general 
And so I thought we'd talk a little bit about that today. So first question I have is, Josh, what is your favorite Christmas movie? Or if you could give me a top three, mm. what do you got? Well, I've watched a lot here since we recorded last week. Hallmark doesn't count. No, I, don't want, I don't want you any of those. <laughs> you and I, Kara don't sit around and watch Hallmark no, Christmas movies? I don't, I don't care about the big city lawyer <laughs> that is coming back to her hometown because her mom is sick. And then when she's at the Christmas tree farm, she sees her old boyfriend who's got a restaurant or a store <laughs> and they re- and they rekindle their life and also they they work at a soup kitchen of course <laughs> no well i'm sorry you got a few things wrong on that story okay okay first of all um it's it's she's not a lawyer she is an ad exec and um she's come back to her town because her aunt um passed away and left her a bookstore <laughs> And so I've seen that one. And she's got to come in, and she, her plan is just to shut the thing down and, and do it. everything and sell it. Um, but then um, she meets um, a, a pipe bursts, and she has to call the plumber. And a plumber comes, and he is very good looking and kind of mysterious. And he has all this wisdom, and he fixes the plumbing. And then she decides to keep the bookstore. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of it, the whole town has a festival that everyone in the town comes to. And everyone in the town decides to help them fix up and is like encourages them to get together. Yes. The end. And so that's your favorite movie. You no. Know. <laughs> but if you miss any of your 90s child actors, they're probably in those movies. <laughs> Melissa Joan Hart. Melissa Joan Hart. Candace Cameron Burr. Uh-huh. Aunt yeah. Becky. Joey. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Aunt Becky. From Full House. Oh, yeah. I can't, I don't know her name. Now that she's out of jail, she's back in the movies this year. <laughs> Lori Laughlin, I think. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. 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 Her daughter was on Dancing with the Stars. Oh, year. yeah? Yeah, she did really good. Wait, who was she? Because we uh, watched this season. She looks just like her, like the younger version. Well, I guess I didn't notice that. Yeah. I was hope. I was hoping the Miz was going to win. Yeah. He did well, though. He did well. Yeah. All right, anyway. So, Favorite movie. So top- I, distract, I distracted you. <laughs> Top three Christmas movies, not in any particular order. Actually, Jingle All the Way is my favorite. If you say Die Hard, I'm throwing a chair at you across the back, like in wrestling. I don't care if Die Hard's a Christmas movie or not. Like, I want to know who started the debate and just punched them in the throat. (laughs) Because who cares? We're very violent today. (laughs) All right, go ahead. ahead. Uh, Jingle All the Way. Yes. Um, I got a little trivia about that in a bit, which actually confirmed something we said last week. Yeah. Jingle All the Way. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim Carrey's The Grinch. Mm-hmm. Got a little. We got a little bit of that too. Mm-hmm. And I've watched <coughs> all three of the Tim Allen Santa Clauses, and one wow. and two, yes, are hard for me to pick. But Adeline preferred the first one, so we've watched that more. Mm-hmm. So okay, third one, I I don't care. Wow. wow. Okay. You want to hear mine? Yep. Okay, number one, The Godfather. Just kidding. <laughs> that is my favorite movie of all time, but it's is not it a really? Christmas movie. Yes. Yes. Okay. It's a great movie. No, but my Christmas movies, uh, White Christmas. I mentioned that last week. I've already watched it. It's good. I'll, I'll, I watched it again the other day. Um, <clears throat> very just great movie. Uh, Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. If you don't know about Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, you are missing out, my friends. So I'm just saying. If you're over the age of 40, you probably know about it. 
I um, like it. It's it's just not. It's so funny. It, I mean, it's funny. It's, it's just... really funny. It's a it's a Jim Henson mm-hmm. production, so mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's puppets and marionettes sometimes. Yeah, but uh, it's really good, and it's See, it is totally a throwback to my well, when and, I was younger. And yeah. growing up Muppets, it looks like a like I thought it was a Muppet knockoff. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah so. yeah. so very good. That's my number two. And then three is a Christmas story. Um, you know, you'll shoot your out kid. But it's not just the movie. Here I have an affinity for it because the story's written by an author, Gene Shepherd, mm-hmm. and he narrates the the movie, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So he is the voice of Ralphie. Yep. But he wrote a book, um, and this is one of the stories within the book, which of course they really fleshed out. But he wrote a book called In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash. <laughs> <laughs> but there's several stories in there that play into it and um and just his writing is just yeah. brilliant and his humor and his wit and kind of that northwestern mm-hmm. um kind of you know wintry stuff. Um so those TBS are, really killed that movie for me. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it, I, I I love it, but yeah, they do. I mean, it does play a lot. So, you know what? It with you saying that about a Christmas story, same thing for me with It's a Wonderful Life. Mm, I because, have interesting facts about that because when at some point, I don't know, I don't know the whole deal about licensing and all that stuff, but at some point, it was just a free for all. And everyone could show it at all times. Mm-hmm. And it's since then, I think they've brought it back under and someone has, you know. But at one point, when I was a younger, you know, in my ten, you know, teens, younger uh-huh. elementary school, it was on every channel all the time. And so it just totally, I, I'm like, I don't care to see it. Yeah. It entered uh, common, whatever, the commonplace oh, yeah. library at one point. And then when Disney redid, how when they lobbied for copyright law change, mm-hmm. it went back to... Oh, okay. Under, yeah. cool. It benefited and from the Mickey Mouse law. I think also, and I just it's because I didn't I didn't realize at the time, but um the George Bailey, he, the character, mm-hmm. um Jimmy Stewart plays, um, he's got a lot of anxiety and it kind of it gives me anxiety to watch that because he's like stressing out all the time. Mm. And it just kind of bothers me a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. I can see there that. You go. So um so I thought we'd look talk about some Christmas movie facts today Let's do that it. maybe people don't know. And some of these I did not know. So um here here's the first one I wanted to share and uh, the Muppet Christmas Carol. You know this one? Oh yeah. Of course you do. Of course Again, you do. Again, because like <clears throat> that was I thought was like the Jim Henson. Christmas yeah. movie. Yeah. And, I, and and that came out later, of yeah. course, yeah. So I thought the other one was like trying to be... Oh, like, yeah. and Because these were just totally new characters, and the, this mm-hmm. one is characters. Yeah. Like so. trying to cash in on the, the Muppet Christmas Carol, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Michael Caine, of course, mm-hmm. the actor, a Sir Michael Caine. I'm sure he's an, I'm sure he's been knighted. I don't even know. I'm a, He has. If he's you don't him. know who that is, that is Alfred in the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. Oh, my goodness. If you're a Batman person. He could be the guy from Jaws three. Okay, you know? <laughs> outside of that, or and um, Dennis Quaid is the guy from Jaws three. Oh, okay. Well, you know, it, yeah. Well, so anyway, Michael Caine, Sir Michael Caine, he played Scrooge in the movie, and when they approached him and they were like, "Okay, you know, here's how you're gonna have to work with the Muppets, and here's how you know," he was like, "No, no, no, no. I am playing this part, Scrooge, as if I am doing a Shakespearean play." And this is how I'm playing it, and I'm not even assume I'm I'm treating these Muppets as if they are real actors, and I'm playing this thing straight, and this is what I'm going to do. And it was it was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was like, I'm not going to wink, I'm not going to do a ha ha. Like he played it straight on, and um, 
yeah, that's how he did that. I thought it was really interesting. So That's how actually <laughs> mo- most people, that's Jim Henson's standard for real yeah. people in yeah. Muppet stuff now, is to act like they are 100% Not like right. they're on Sesame Street, but Not, to... Yeah, because before the standard was the to. Muppet show. Yeah. Which, you know, had celebrities from all around, and some could keep it... I loved the Muppet show. When some I people younger. could keep it straight, some people couldn't. Mm-hmm. So, but now, if you look at anything past the um, Muppet Carols, mm-hmm. they all treat them like they're real people in that world. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. So, he, he actually defined the Jim Henson style of movies. That's cool. Because of his portrayal. That's really cool. Um, anything else on Muppets? There is a song yes. that was cut out of the original theatrical release. Are you going to sing it for us? No. Oh. But it was deemed too cheesy. <laughs> for the Muppets? Yeah, so okay. they cut it out. Mm-hmm. But, and you have, there is uh, some versions that you can buy that are uncut and have it in there, and then other versions you, you'll buy that has it cut out. So you, you don't know what, you don't know which version you're buying when they, you buy it, because they don't tell you which one you got. And I don't know which one's on Disney+. Plus. I don't know if they've... Hmm. Cut it out or not. That's all you got? You don't know the name of the song or anything? You can't give us a tune? I mean, I... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm giving you a hard time. <laughs> I thought that I was, was wait. No, it is really cool. I was just waiting to hear what it was, like kind of the thing of the what's the cheesy song, you know? I don't... Yeah. I don't. I, I remember hearing <laughs> it, but I don't know. I mean, it was, a, it was Scrooge singing with like uh, Tiny Tim's mom or something. Oh, yeah. okay. So that gives us a little context yeah. there. So if you want to if you want to hear Michael Caine singing with somebody, then somebody, there you yeah, go. There yeah. it is. Um <laughs> there could be there's I know there's a lot of Elf, the movie Elf with Will Ferrell, um mm-hmm. probably you know, behind the scenes or or facts or whatever, but um I guess the one that I was kind of like that's cool and I love this version um is that John Favreau. Mm-hmm. I know you love John. I do. I mean, he's your He's your Marvel guy. He's your well. I've liked John Favreau before Marvel. Yeah, he's been around for a while. Um, I mean, he was on Friends. He dated Friends, Monica. Friends is how I found him. Yeah, but then I I knew he directed Elf, and then there's this movie he directed after Iron Man because I didn't realize he directed Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a chef, mm-hmm. and like oh yeah, ruins like his career because of Twitter, basically. <laughs> So he buys that's a, never happened before. No one's ever ruined their career on Twitter. <laughs> and he buys a food truck and he builds, he rebuilds yeah. not only his career, but his relationship with his son. Oh, that's great. That should be on Hallmark. But no, I have not seen the movie, but I've seen it's the, really, yeah. like yeah. It's really he's a good. good. Actor. Yeah. yeah, He's interesting. Well, so anyway, Favreau, who was the director of this movie, he, um, <clears throat> the, the baby, it's cold outside, which I know we could, we could go into a whole thing about whether that is appropriate or not. I don't know. I but don't care. He, Zoe Chanel yeah. was singing, he found out she could sing it and he was like, we got to put this in. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't the original plan. Right. So... They put that in. And I just love the scene where Will Ferrell, where, as Buddy the Elf, is just sitting on the bathroom counter, just harmonizing along with her. And she's like, ah! So it's just, it's so sweet and innocent and, um, and wonderful. So. My fun fact about Elf is <clears throat> yes. that Will Ferrell refused like $40 million for a sequel. Yes, I was reading that too. Yeah. Because um, he was like, there's just no way you can... There's, there's no way to top it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, honestly, I mean, I would, I, I'm an optimist in that way. I think if Favreau was in it and... I think they could do it, but, you know. Well, you know, <clears throat> the really good Will Ferrell movies mm-hmm. don't have sequels. Yeah, that's true. Like, it's, you just leave it there for... They're like lightning in a yeah. bo- bottle, and he's like, I 
the ones that have sequels, I was trying to do better than the original. Yeah, yeah. He's like, these I can't touch. Can't touch it. Yeah, someone's saying about that. Um, so in this movie that you may have heard of called Die Hard, uh, with the uh, Bruce Willis, the the Bruce Willis, mm-hmm. um, here I did not know this information. Okay, so there in 1968, so 20 years before Die Hard was made, yeah, there was a movie called The Detective, mm-hmm. and it was based on a book, and, and that had you know multiple you know like sequels to the book itself. And the 1968 movie with, called The Detective starred Frank Sinatra. And in his contract, when they gave him the contract for it, he was contractually, uh, it was contractually obligated by uh, whomever was going to make any sequels that it, the first option had to go to Sinatra. So in 1987, when they were putting this movie together, Ooh, been old. Frank Sinatra was 73 years old, and um, but they had to offer him the role, <laughs> and he graciously turned it down, and then they <laughs> gave it to Bruce Willis. But can you imagine old blue eyes like Frank, like <laughs> like walking through there? Bruce Willis wasn't the first pick. Who was? Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger turned it down, and Sylvester Stallone turned it down. Wow. After after Frank. Yeah. So it goes Frank, Arnie. Sylvester. Sly. Mm-hmm. And then. And okay. if you if you watch the movie, there's a lot of references to Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone. It's kind of a dig because they turned down the role. Wow. Wow. That's very interesting. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I did not know. I, I kind of now vaguely remember like those, but I also mix up all those like. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. What's the terminology for that genre? Like the cheese-mo the, films? Machismo, yeah. yeah, but which Frank Sinatra totally is. But um, I didn't know that part, so that's interesting. Um, well, so speaking of the Santa Claus, mm-hmm. here's something I did not know in the Santa Claus 2 because Santa Claus was a big, it was kind of a sleeper hit, people didn't know it was going to be as great as it was. No, I... um, <clears throat> Tim Allen, who plays Santa Claus, yep. um, he in, in the second filming because they were working with you know kids. He had he stayed in character as Santa around the child actors because even when the cameras weren't rolling, mm-hmm. because <clears throat> a lot of them believed that he was the real Santa. So I mean, these kids thought they were doing a movie with Santa about Santa. Mm-hmm. I mean, how crazy is that? How cool is that? I mean, that's pretty. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I didn't know this, but originally the role was actually written for Bill Murray. It makes sense. Um, but I could see how that would. I, I don't see it being super kid centric if it's a Bill Murray, you know, like, and so he actually turned down. He said that wasn't really for him; that it didn't really suit his style, so he turned it down. Then they offered it to Chevy Chase, mm-hmm. who also turned it down, which I think was good because I think by then Chevy was. I mean, I don't know. He had kind of the Christmas, the National Lampoon, um, and then he got unfunny. Well, yeah, that happens sometimes, you know. <clears throat> um, and but there wasn't just them; it was. Uh, also, other people who were in line before Tim Allen, mm-hmm. Harrison Ford, which that just seems weird to me, um, Tom Hanks, I could kind of see, yep. Mel Gibson, so, you know. Yeah. That time frame, yeah, Mel Gibson would have been a good choice. Jeff Bridges. Yeah. And Michael Keaton. Uh-huh. I could totally see, but it ended up going to Tim Allen, which I believe this was his first, like, legit movie, like, where he was the, you know, the number one guy, so. Well, he'd already done Toy Story by this point. Had he really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I guess he had. Yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. Um, but he was 
he was on the early list for the movie, but because of his on-screen role mm-hmm. as um, home improvement guy, yes, they didn't want to do slapstick like he was known for, right? So <clears throat> he, so they kind of threw him out like he was a, good, yeah, he's a good idea, but not ro- what really what we were looking for. And then it, and then they went like, uh, like originally it was built for Bill Murray and and then Chevy Chase, and then when they those two guys went out, they just had a list of everybody, right? And who's available? Yep. Who's available? Um, in Santa Claus One and Santa Claus Two, they have the same actor in both of those movies, but he plays a different role in those movies. Oh yes, the dad from uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. Mm-hmm. Don't know his name. Uh, I can't remember right now. But he played his boss in Santa Claus One, and then he plays Father Time in the sequels, Santa yes. Claus Two and Three. Yes. Did you know if you look in um, Santa in the Santa Claus before the character Scott um, is starting to make this change into Santa, mm-hmm. or in the in the process at the beginning when he's trying to figure out what's going on, um, there are elves in different scenes that you don't realize, but yep. there they are. Yep. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. So, um, Home Alone. Which I, if I had to do it, that would be my number four on my Christmas. This might be my favorite John Hughes movie. Yeah, mm. I'm kidding. It, uh, it's but up it's, there. It's up there. It's up there. But Sixteen Candles is my the is my number club. one always. But Emilio Estevez. Oh, Jake, Jake Ryan, Sixteen Candles in that red Porsche. Oh my goodness! And his five hundred one Levi's. Mm-mm-mm. Just showing up to pick up Samantha from the church after her sister gets married. And he waves at her and she looks behind her back because she's wondering, who is he waving to? Because obviously he wouldn't be waving to her, not awkward Sam, but yet he is. And she goes, me? And he goes, he mouths the word, yeah, you. And then it's wonderful and beautiful. And it is every girl's dream. (laughs) And I'm a dork. So anyway, back to Christmas movies. (laughs) Uh, oh, <clears throat> yeah. completely off topic. Uh-huh. So every main actor out of the Brat Pack. Yes. So like all those John Hughes movies. Yes. Every one of them but Emilio Estevez has showed up in the show Psych. Really? Every single one of them. Does Psych have anything to do with John Hughes or is it just kind of a... The main the... characters are products of the 80s and they're obsessed with 80s nostalgia in the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's the movie, the TV show you keep telling me. I've tried to get you to watch me. Psych for years. Okay, where can I watch it? Peacock. Okay, I don't have it, but I'll check it out. All right, so in Home Alone, um, I did not know this, but and I just watched it the other day, and I was just cackling, laughing, and Mallory's like, hmm But the prop department originally created a fake tarantula to put on Daniel Stern's face. He's the He plays, um, I can't remember the guy's names now. Is it Frank? No, Frank's the main guy, but it's one of the bad guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the wet the taller bandits. one, the one the tall the one who invented the wet bandits. Mm-hmm. Um, they created a fake tarantula to put on his face, but director Chris Columbus he insisted he's like, no, we got to use the real thing, and so they used a real tarantula on his face. So when you see that in the movie, it is real, and the tarantula has a name. His name is Barry. <laughs> and it's real, 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 real. Yeah, no, and, no, thank and you. And so. They when they asked Daniel Stern, he's like, "Yeah, my screaming is real," and I was he was terrified because they were like, "Don't do any sudden movements." He goes, "Yeah, but I'm supposed to scream." <laughs> he's like, "Well, just try not to move when you scream." <laughs> so that was a real tarantula. Yeah, 
So, yeah. okay, I got some facts about this one. Okay. There is, there is a show on Netflix. It's called The Movies That Made Us. They have an yes. ep- they have an episode about Home Alone and they have an episode about Elf. Ooh, I need to watch that. So it's fantastic. I and could have done those for research, but anyway. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, I'm. <laughs> I just thought of it. Um, <laughs> but Warner Brothers was the original um, studio for this film, and they had done ten million dollars for this film. And when it crossed ten million dollars and one dollar, they shut down production, and it was not going to be released. It was just going to be canned. What? And then John Hughes took the script to 20th Century Fox. I was like, hey, look at this movie. And they bought it from Warner Brothers. And it and when it released, it earned $500 million. Wow, that the, is amazing. At the time, it was the third highest grossing film of all time. And it's still making bank. Yeah. Wow. And... You know the scene where Macaulay Culkin throws his mm-hmm. hand on his face and yells? Mm-hmm. He did that because he forgot the line. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. So, and this and this is not just a Christmas movie trivia, but movie <clears throat> trivia in general. Probably the most memorable lines from films are unscripted. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, another case in point was uh, in the Dark Knight. With Heath Ledger as a Joker. He's always got to go back to the superheroes. Go ahead. Yeah, I do. <laughs> but when the Joker was blowing up the hospital and the and his detonator doesn't work, mm-hmm. the pyro didn't work. Oh. So, like, he's playing with the button and pushing it and, like, slamming it and all this kind of stuff, and then it goes off. <laughs> and they kept it. And they Well, they only have one shot at it. Oh. So they're like, go, go with it. Oh, yeah. wow. Wow. <laughs> That's interesting. There's a scene in um, Santa Claus where Tim Allen dances. Mm-hmm. As Santa, mm-hmm. and he's not much really of a dancer, but it was no. it was totally unscripted, and he went with it, and they kept it in there. It ends up being one of the you know, really, oh nice, really yeah, good, yeah, good scenes yeah. from it. So, yeah, all these things. I wonder if anyone's listening, or if it's just you and me. Talk. I mean, I know it's not a live show, but I'm wondering if anyone's stuck with us to this point. So, oh yeah, there's there's <clears> film <throat> nerds in our church. I know there. Oh yeah, so let's uh, go to it's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life, which kind of. Um, ruined it. Yeah. I like the beginning it's, a little bit and the, there's just, I don't know. There's just parts of it. I'm just like, eh. so, but so Frank Capra, mm-hmm. just brilliant Frank Capra, the writer director of it. Um, this is the, the info I have about it. Um, he, up to that point, there was two kinds of, cause it's a, obviously a Christmas movie while we're mm-hmm. talking about it. Yep. Um, they were filming in, I believe July and August. Um, which so, most Christmas movies are. Yes. In California. So it's a little bit warm. Uh, up to that point, all the fake snow that was being used in films was either cornflakes that had been painted white or asbestos. <laughs> Our good friend asbestos. There, there's, <laughs> so the clear reason why asbestos is bad. Yes. But uh, cornflakes. I, I know you know why it's bad, but uh, there's this ride at Universal Studios. It's called like the disaster movie or whatever, uh-huh. and it goes through like movie things. And this yeah. is actually one of the things it talks about. Is that it was just too loud? Yeah, when people walked, I was like crunch, crunch, crunch. It didn't sound. Yeah. So they, so Frank Capra, they he had his props department develop a new kind of snow, and the kind of snow that um, it would leave tire tracks or mm-hmm. foot uh, prints. You know mm-hmm. that you foot could tracks. tell that yeah, <laughs> that you could tell it looked like snow, and so they invented this. Um, and it's it's called fomite, and it's basically what we would find in fire extinguishers. 
um, or what the, you know, they ended up using. And it was made of soap and sugar and water. And they, they would shoot it out of these canisters at high pressure. And then depending on what they want, if they want it to be a heavy snow scene, they would do more and they would really put a fan on it or they could just kind of waft it, you know, gently across, you know, like that. And so, um, that, that was, they invented that with that movie. So I thought that was really cool. Um, unlike, um, you know, the, because, I mean, talk about the snowflakes, they had to, cornflakes, mm-hmm. I mean, they would have to just dub the audio in later because you just couldn't even yeah. film it. You know, you couldn't do it. Um, and also, I told you, so they filmed it in summer, 90 plus degree heat for sure. And this was in 1946 in the summer. And so there were days when they would just have to shut down because it was so hot and people were having heat exhaustion. And when you look at many of the scenes... Um, <clears throat> it makes sense why they look sweaty. Yeah, he's totally... Just totally sweaty. sweaty, yeah. So, so it's there's not it's not like gel in his hair. <laughs> yeah, it's not gel, and it's not just because he's stressed, yeah. which could be it. But yeah. So, um, do you have any uh, tidbits on "It's a Wonderful Life"? Yeah. So originally, the um, novel version mm-hmm. was on, no one wanted to publish it. So what the author did was he sent out two hundred copies of this as his Christmas card that year. <laughs> so a twenty-one page novel. He mm-hmm. sent out as his Christmas card, and then it got published, and then it became a movie, and it lost money. It wasn't. It wasn't considered. It a wasn't a hit. It wasn't a hit no. in nineteen forty six. No, it lost seven whenever it came out. It lost the studio five hundred grand. Wow, which was a it lot. A lot back then. of money then. So it didn't really start recouping until Mm-mm. what twenty thirty years I later. Don't, I don't know. Who knows? When I when I was alive, it was. <laughs> I don't know if it. You know, movies that were made in the 40s and 50s may have never actually made the mo- the money back to the people that made it. Yeah, because, for sure. Because, you know, like studios like came and went back then. Mm-hmm. So like MGM and Warner Brothers, they're so big because they bought a bunch of other studios. Right. So like <clears throat> the studio that is getting money for It's a Wonderful Life may have not have been the actual studio that made it. I don't know. Yeah. And plus the the way they had did contracts with their actors and stuff mm-hmm. back then, like they were like obligated to so many films yep. and, at a flat rate or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And very interesting. Yep. Um, <clears throat> a Christmas Story, which is one of, one of my uh, favorites. Um, there's a, there's a lot of stuff you could do in here, but, um, just the one that I really, that stuck out to me was that, uh, the scene where Flick sticks his, um, he gets triple dog dared to put his tongue on the, uh, flagpole. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it was in fact actually really cold. Um, but it, it wasn't his real tongue. I mean, it was his real tongue, but it wasn't frozen to the pole. It was actually kind of. Um, they had it where there was a tiny, there was a hole in it that actually suctioned his tongue to it so that when he tried to pull away, you would still see his tongue pull back to it. And so it just gave the illusion that, that it was really stuck there. So I thought that was interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot of, um, you can watch like the, the back behind the scenes stuff, but I don't know. It might have an episode of that show. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it does. I know Home Alone and Elf do. Yeah. The scene at the end of the movie when they go to the Chinese restaurant to eat, uh-huh. and they bring out a um, goose, yeah, um, and then they chop off the head. That is totally unscripted, and, or at least to the mother played by uh, Melinda Dillon, who mm-hmm. is Matt Dillon's mom. Um, oh. But she uh, she did not know, and if you watch, you can tell she did not expect 
for them to take out that meat cleaver and chop <laughs> off the, the goose's <laughs> neck. Um, and it's totally, yeah. And speaking of Melinda Dillon, so um, I told you Gene Shepard wrote a book and it's multiple stories. Yeah. And it's about, it's about Randy and it's about Ralphie and Randy. And so later there's a story where Ra- Ralphie is a teenager and it's around 4th of July. So it's kind of focused around holidays and it's, there was a movie made. Can't remember the movie's name right now. I should have done a little more background on this one. And, um, it was played by Matt Dillon as like the older Ralphie. Really? Yeah. So, and I don't know if Melinda Dillon played his mom. See, this isn't helpful to just throw out some stuff, but random facts. Yeah. But the book is so good. If you are a reader, you need to get in God, we trust all others pay cash. I was, by Gene Shepherd. I was, I mean, when you said it was a book and it had a bunch of other stories, I was like, huh, I guess yeah. the other stories weren't as good. Yeah. Well, this one just really hit it hit it out of the park. So mm. um, we mentioned this last week, but it was just like confirmation. So um, talk. you mentioned Jingle All the Way. Yep. And kind of the craze of trying to get that. What was it? Like a superhero? Yeah, it was yeah, a he ends Turbo up playing, Man yeah. doll. And I was like, yeah, it reminds me of the Cabbage Patch craze. Um Back in the Good day, reason. and it Jingle All the Way was was the premise of it was totally based on the in 1983 the craze for Cabbage Patch Kids and how people were like duking it out in stores and mm-hmm. you know um, selling them like you know for like ridiculous amounts of money. Um, they were just fighting. And could you imagine like one of your parents going to the store and fighting for a toy for you? Like that's is that love or is that just crazy? I don't know. My mom did it. Though. Crazy love? No, she didn't. What'd she do? She got a Furby. Did she fight for it? Yeah. Like like physically fight? Or did she I don't just like throw some bows? I don't know physically fight, <clears throat> but I know someone tried to take it out of her cart. And she was like, nah. And she was like, nah. Was this like at the Walmarts or something? Where were they? I mean, we're from Douglas, so I'm assuming it was Walmart. Okay. <laughs> it might have been Kmart. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm just trying to picture that whole thing, but mm-hmm. yeah, it, it happens. It's a real thing. Yeah. I mean. Do you I, have any jingle all the way tidbits? No, other than that, it hits on like every trope of the '90s. Like it does it is, is very of its time. Yes, yeah. And it, I can't remember the actor's name, but the guy from he he's also on that show News Radio. Um, Phil Hartman. Yeah, Phil Hartman. This was one. He of his was an la- awesome actor. This yeah. was one of his last roles. Mm-hmm. It, because it's a Christmas movie, it might have actually released after. It may have. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. this was one of the last things he filmed. <clears throat> yeah, that was a, he was a great actor. Um, here's the last tidbit I have for this episode. Um, oh, I have several about this one. Okay, great. Can Well, let me just ask the question. Can you imagine anybody other than Jim Carrey being the Grinch? Can you? Like, I mean, it's so iconic. I mean, it's one of those things like once someone plays a part, it's like, how can you imagine anyone else? But in How the Grinch Stole Christmas, originally Eddie Murphy and... Jack Nicholson were were considered for this role. Um, I could just see Eddie Murphy, and I just keep thinking like he would just do a lot of donkey like voice from yeah. from like uh, Shrek. Yeah, but yeah, and then um, Jack Nicholson, who pro- I'm guessing like maybe his role as the Joker. Yeah, kind of gave them. Kind of gave a little like, oh, okay, he could he could do this. Kinda. And maybe one flew over the cuckoo's nest. And maybe The Shining. Yes. So. Like, okay, he's a little crazy. All yeah, right, yeah. let's go. But ultimately, the part went to Jim Carrey, of I course. mean, it makes sense, because yeah. I don't know how much they changed the script after they cast Jim Carrey. Uh, I don't know. I probably just by ad-lib, 
Well, any Jim Carrey movie is. I mean, ad-libbed. you just keep the you but, just keep it rolling. But I mean, he he's considered like the man with a thousand faces. Yes, because of the way he can mm-hmm. shape his face. I watched him when he first what what I think he first started or was first known because I'm sure he did stand up for a long time. But on in Living Color, yes. back when I was in college, that that's like his yeah. stand up isn't making me any money. Let's I'm going to go this. on this show, yeah. yeah. And he, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other tidbit that I know is that the voice he uses, he says flat out that is his Sean Connery impersonation, mm. and that's what he does as mm-hmm. the voice of the Grinch. So, um, no tidbit is that he had several hours of makeup every day to get oh, yeah. the yeah. Um, makeup on. Like three or four hours, I think. Yep. So, and he didn't do well with it. Mm. So the studio hired a FBI or CIA, I've heard it both ways, um, thing to teach him how to deal with torture. Oh, no way. Mm-hmm. Wow. And he picked up the habit of smoking. He would go through two packs sitting in that chair. That is a horrible habit. <laughs> and I'm sure there could have been other ways he could have dealt with that. But hey. And colored colored contacts weren't as relatively known mm-hmm. in this movie so they were like glass contacts yeah it's what they, they yellow yeah, yeah. And, they, and they took up the whole front of the eyeball Oof. so they scratched up his eye really bad wow mm-hmm. that's the things people go through and you know the uh you know the his love interest in the movie is like the nemesis of cindy lou's mom mm-hmm and she has that gun that is like putting on the Christmas lights. Yes. <laughs> it's actually practical. Like practical means like that actually existed and it did the thing that it's doing in the no movie. No way. They tried to CGI it and it was too expensive. So that really did that. So what they did was they strung all the lights. Uh-huh. And then what it actually did was sucked it into the machine. Oh, and then they played, played it, it in reverse. Back. Oh. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. And then another um, moment from a Christmas movie played in reverse is in Home Alone when the wet bandits almost hit him with the van. Yes. it That's actually in reverse. They start at Macaulay and then they back up. And you can see it by the fact that the exhaust of the van is actually going towards the van <laughs> as opposed to out. I will have to check that out next time. I did not know that information. That's really interesting. Wow. Any more Grinch uh, info you want to th- throw at us? Um, directed by Ron Howard who plays Opie. In, of course. Yeah. It, um, the mayor's, uh, henchman or yeah assistant is Ron Howard's brother. He's oh, in, he's every one of his movies. Yeah. Every single one. Yeah. Most people don't know that, but that's, yeah. that's, I think. Clint is his name. Yeah. I think that's great. Like how you, how you involve your family and, and yeah. that. And now it's like a thing. Like if Ron mm-hmm. Howard does a movie, his brother's going to be yep. in it. So, yeah. Um. And Clint usually writes, like if it's, uh, written and directed by Ron Howard, uh, Clint has a pass at the script. Yeah. That's really cool. That's really cool. Well, so that's just a little bit. We wanted to bring you some joy with some of our Christmas trivia things you may or may not have known about some of uh, the famous, well-known Christmas movies. But um, we just thought we would hit you with that this week. Um, Porch Community, we love you guys. Hey, here's what's coming up. Yeah, let's talk about what we got (laughs) coming up. Tell us what's coming up. So this Sunday, we have the Christmas music special extravaganza do not say it do not cantata <clears throat> okay <clears throat> yeah what time uh 9 30 or 11 it'll be 
at both services. They'll be identical services. So if you want if you want a little bit more space, come to the nine thirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if you if you want to be in a full room with all your friends, come to the eleven. Yep. And it'll be live streamed at eleven. Yep. Yep. Um, Christmas Eve, December twenty fourth. Is that what day it's on this year? No, it's on a Friday. <laughs> the date. It's on. It's on December fourth. This twenty fourth this yeah. year. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> I'm just gonna make sure I get get it right in my calendar. Three and four thirty. Yes. Both 3 candlelight. Four thirty p.m. Both candlelight. Um. Don't worry about the time because we have absolute control of the light. So. It'll be dark when we light the candles, so it'll work. Of course. Of course. Um, we'll live stream. Always beautiful services. Yep. If you please, please, please try to come because it's incredible. But if you can't make it, we are live streaming the four thirty. Okay. Um, and then December twenty sixth, we we've put a lot of work into a pre recorded service that will air on the twenty sixth. That's right. Um, fact that people don't know about that takes more work to do a pre-recorded service than it does a live service. I'm sure. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. I spend 30 to 40 hours to produce a pre-recorded service. Oof. And you... Just that one video. Yeah. 30 to 40 hours. And Josh knows this well during our COVID times when we were having to do pre-recorded services. Yes. Uh, And then January 2nd, uh, just moving a little bit into the new year, um, we're going to have one service on January 2nd at 11 Mm a.m., And it's going to be a covenant renewal service. So we're going to use a John Wesley's covenant renewal. So we're going to have communion together and just a time to, you know, think about our renewal as as a people of God as we go into the new year. So mm-hmm. yep. it's, it's going to be a a, an inter, a really cool service and different. So I hope that you could be a part of that. So yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's all where I, we are. I think that's it. Yeah. I mean, we got other stuff coming down the pipe, but we're just not quite ready to share that stuff. That's yet. right. We got. I'm excited about 2022 and all that's in store, but let's not run ahead of it. Yep. Let's, let's, let's be finish joyful. 2021 and and let's be expectant of Christmas and the second coming. That's right. That's right. So, Porch Community, we love you guys. Thanks for hanging with us today. We look forward to seeing you and talking with you later on. Have a great week. We'll see you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the 167 Podcast. Join us next time for more insights to inspire, challenge, and encourage to help you live into the remaining 167 hours your week.